time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. That's right, and we need the truth. The reason why we need the truth is because there are so many lies. The whole world is full of lies today. You know, one of the most popular phrases today in on social media was maybe coined by our current president, fake news, okay? Guess what? Regardless of what you feel about that, the whole world is filled with fake news from a spiritual perspective. Satan will lie to us about everything. And the way he lies is not just, well, sometimes it's just a blatant lie, but many times what he and his demonic forces do is that they just, they mix in just a little bit of truth that makes you go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. But then he throws in the lie with it. And all of a sudden, we've been deceived. We've been led astray. And perhaps no other area are there so many lies than in the area of self and who we are as human beings. There's so many lies today about humanity, how we even came to be here. There's a big lie about that. There's a lie about who we are, who we were supposed to be, who we're created to be or made to be or evolved to be. There's a lie about that. If you believe in evolution, which I do not, there's also a lie about the fact that we can change who we basically biologically are. That's also a lie. And when we embrace that, we think it's the truth. Look, that's the scary thing about today is that people are embracing all sorts of lies about humanity and manhood and femininity and sexuality and gender and marriage and morality and all these areas. We're accepting these things. We're just embracing them saying, this feels so good. And look at all these other people that are hugging it too, embracing these things. They're lies and we don't even know it. It's like I heard of a couple one time that gave an investor some $400,000 of their retirement money because he was going to take that and invest it and turn it into, you know, $3 million, $4 million for them. Months passed, a year passed, another year passed. I'm like, what, what's the deal? When are we going to get our money? I call the guy, call the guy up and this number has been disconnected. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? They go to his house. He didn't live there anymore. They went looking for him. Guess what? He's gone. He skipped the country with their money and hundreds of thousands of dollars of other people's money as well. But guess what? When he, when he met with them at Starbucks to give them this financial plan, how they're going to be rich in retirement, he didn't say, now, here's the plan. I'm going to take your money. And then after a period of time that, you know, gives it time for you to think I'm investing your money, then I'm going to sneak away on a plane or a boat with your money. And I'm going to go to this island where you'll never, ever find me because I'm going to change my identity. And I'm going to live the rest of my life in absolute luxury. It's going to be awesome. You, on the other hand, you're going to live your life on what little Social Security you had, not your retirement plan that was going to be very comfortable for you anyway. But no, you're going to live the rest of your life on Social Security and you're going to try to sue me, but I can't be found and and you try to sue my family. They didn't know anything about it, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? That's not how it works. He lies. And Satan is lying to us today. And one of the areas he's lying to us in is the area of self and who we are. 
The Bible tells us one thing. The world tells us another thing. The world tells us to love ourselves and appreciate ourselves and believe ourselves and follow ourselves and, and do what's right for ourselves. The Bible says, no, you don't love yourself. You realize that your own self is your worst enemy and that God can give you a new self, a new person within, and teach you how to overcome that old self that's, that's still in existence. That's the truth. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, the old nature will never give up. It will never cry a true, for a truce. It will never ask for a treaty to be made between the two of you. Then he goes, what a fight. What a fight. George Whitfield said this. He says, my heart is half devil and half beast. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that pretty much covers the whole heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can even know it? That's the truth about our hearts, about who we really are. So God tells us the truth. And we all struggle with the two natures that we have uh, inside of us. So there's a spiritual war within us. And, you know, everybody has their own kind of battlegrounds. You know, some people struggle with certain sins and certain uh, behaviors, certain attitudes, certain addictions, you know, certain patterns of behavior, certain ways that we treat other people that other people, they don't have that struggle, you know? I mean, you may have battlegrounds here that, that involve promiscuity or lust or gluttony or self-abuse or some sort of food addiction or alcohol addiction or misuse of your money or anger or pride or, you know, something like that. And there becomes this war within us and go even deeper than that. Just the struggle that we all have to just kind of like, you know, treat God like nine 11. I'll call you if I need you. I'll dial nine one one if I need you. Otherwise I got this God and we live our lives on our own. That's, that's the worst struggle of all. And this struggle within you and me is ongoing you know, I mean, just take physical wars, you know, the war against terrorism, it's, it's ongoing. It's not, it's not a one day battle. And then you're just, you have victory the rest of eternity. No, it goes on. Battle campaigns are complicated. They're complex. And we have an enemy besides our own flesh. We have an out external enemy called the devil and his demons. And they dictate that ground troops are forced to fight in this prolonged military campaign they put out their ground troops it's not clean it's not casually free it's not quick it's messy deadly and it's drawn out so this war within you and me and we have varying degrees of victory depending on your understanding of what this whole sin nature thing is all about that's what we're doing here the vintage truth podcast by the way all of this truth that i'm sharing with you can be found in my book the christian Zombie Killers Handbook, Slaying the Living Dead Within. There is this entity within us I call the, the, the zombie within. I wrote a whole book, half novel, half theological, spiritual, hardcore Bible study truth about who this thing is inside of us. And here's the deal. What it is, how it works, how to overcome it. To give you a consistent victory in your Christian life, 
help you not to do that, and help you crush sin within. You can crush sin within. That's what we're talking about here. So there's this living dead within us, this rotting spiritual corpse left over from our former self. And it takes its identity based upon the inherent sin that's within it and also the person that you used to be before you came to know Jesus Christ. That's why every Christian has a before and after story. And, you know, some people who are listening to this podcast, you know, trusted in Christ in an early age. And so it's kind of hard for you to look back and go, yes, I was a former child of Satan. I mean, how bad can a five-year-old be, right? It's not like you're doing drugs or sleeping around or, you know, robbing banks or something. Nevertheless, the Bible says that you and I were, were all born with the same rotten, sinful nature as everybody else. It doesn't matter who you are. We're all born with that same common sin nature. And as we grow and mature, that old nature that sometimes the Bible calls the flesh or self, the old man or the sin nature, it continues to decay and rot because of its character. So Ephesians 4 tells us that it is continually decaying. It's continually getting worse. So it, it doesn't like start performing better. It only becomes more selfish, more self-centered, more sinful, more wicked, more grotesque, more vile, more detestable. And it goes with us wherever we go, just like a zombie pursuing you. It just, it wants to eat you. It's not always visible. It's not always vocal, but it's still there. It's with you right now in you. It's with you at school, on the job, hanging with friends at the dinner table, with family, on a date, at a meeting, on the ball field, in the locker room. When you're alone at night in your room, it never leaves you because it is you, or at least a part of you. And it knows us so well. Yeah, our, our old sin nature knows us so well. It knows our, our tendencies, our habits, our patterns, our thoughts, our weaknesses. Hey, we've all experienced this. It's had all of your life to study you. And we think that all of our problems we could just shove off onto Satan and the bad world out there. But if you shut the world out and you take Satan out of the equation, if you could, his forces, then you're still left with your own worst enemy still, which is yourself. Our old sin nature, my sin nature, lives for nothing more than to turn me away from Christ. And if you can't do that, it'll draw me into a lifestyle of self-pleasure. And if you can't do that, it'll lead me into becoming religious, trading in true spirituality for self-serving, consumer-driven Christianity. In other words, that my faith is all about me and serving me and making me happy. But therein lies the deception. And I'm pointing out to you in these podcasts, we're parting the curtain to see the tiny ways in which our sin nature deceives us. Catering to yourself. It's all about self. Not about God, not about others. It's all about self. Self worship. It influences our mind, our emotions, our will, our friendships, our relationships, our family decisions, everything. And then we become frustrated with ourselves if we're truly following God as Christians. We get upset. We get confused. We wonder why a Christian would have this much trouble following God. Other Christians seem to be doing okay, but not you. So you begin to have doubt about yourself, about your salvation, about God even. And this leads to more confusion. Then you end up questioning your faith. You think, well, gosh, I'm, I thought I was more mature than this. <laughs> Sometimes you just wonder, gosh, maybe I'm just not even a Christian after all. 
and you find you, this little brain glitch going on that, you, you know, you have this conversation with yourself. You go, wait a minute, wait a minute. A little while ago, I was talking about Jesus and loving God and feeling really good about life. Now I'm totally into this sin. I'm doing something I know makes God sad, but that really, you know, that's, that's not me, but it is me. But I'm still kind of loving it, but not really because I love God, not sin. But I'm not really wanting to love him right now, and that makes me feel guilty. But not so guilty that I'm going to stop. Gosh, this what a crazy way to live. How am I supposed to make sense of any of this? How do I make sense of me? Man, and it makes us feel like fakes, right? You wonder, how did I get this spiritual schizophrenia? <laughs> I mean, Paul knew that struggle in Romans chapter 7. He said, I decide to do good, but I really don't do it. And then I don't want to do what's bad, but I end up doing that anyway. And there's this huge struggle there. There's these two yous that are going on. We have a new nature in Christ, the Bible tells us about. And then we have the old nature that's there. How do you, how do you deal with that? We're here in a few future podcasts. We're going to talk about how the old nature, what are the signs of the old nature? How do you know when it's at work within you? We're going to talk about that in a couple of podcasts here. So we have to ask ourselves, can anything be done about this struggle with them? You know, we read what Paul says. We say, well, that doesn't sound like a man who has his act together. It doesn't sound like a man who's been living for G who met Jesus personally, by the way, on the roads of Damascus in Acts chapter 9, who was radically transformed by the power of the gospel and of Jesus Christ, who became the greatest missionary of all time, who single-handedly took Christianity to the known world, who wrote 13 books of the New Testament. This is not a man who should be struggling with sin. Persecuted for his faith, and yet he didn't give it up. What's wrong with this picture, right? So if Paul has that experience, we look at our lives and go, well, I guess, I guess that's kind of par for the course. I guess that's sort of normal because being a Christian is being in a battlefield. And the new nature that God has given to you and the new Lord master that you have over your life sometimes competes with the old master. And we wonder, you know, why, why, is I, why do I act like this? I mean, good gosh, Paul, can you identify? And he's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But guess, here's the thing. I'm still a man, Paul says. Yes, I'm a seasoned Christian. I'm an experienced warrior, a future Hall of Famer, pioneer missionary pastor, many, many years under my belt, walking long paths with Christ in my life. I get it. I've suffered for the gospel but I still have a sin nature just like yours today in the 21st century. So, it, you know, to a certain degree, it's somewhat reassuring that someone as great and as greatly used by God as Paul experienced the same annoying struggle that you do. He fought in an ongoing battle with temptation and slavery to sin and the inward pull downward. Like us, he had an enemy within and he longed for this enemy to be taken away. O wretched man that I am, in, in, in Romans 7, he says, who will deliver me from this body of death? Yeah, Paul had a soul zombie inside, one that was bent on sabotaging his relationship with God. Paul knew what it feels like, and it broke his heart because he also loved Jesus more than anything in life. So 
what does it mean to really say what I want to do, I don't do, what I don't want to do, I end up doing anyway. It may seem like your life is really out of control with no, no compass. And we ask ourselves in those moments, how can I be so sinful? The answer, of course, is that you have a zombie living inside you. So how do we overcome what some have described as, as a tug of war? Well, it goes beyond simply being pulled in one way or the other. It's more than just who's going to tug at you today, the Holy Spirit or your old sinful nature. It's really an epic battle between good and evil, flesh and spirit, and your heart is right there in the middle of the valley of decision. It boils down to, we're going to get to this here in some future podcasts here, it's all about desire and control and understanding what it means to live life. The spirit gives life, the flesh takes it away. But every single journey that we have in this life begins with one step, one step. And we don't understand, we don't realize, we don't appreciate the benefits that we get in this journey until we've walked a few steps, you know. And there are some people that I know that have been Christians for many, many, many years, but they've never understood these truths. I've spoken at huge men's conferences on this subject. I've done zombie killer weekends for over 100 different churches across the country. And invariably, teenagers and men will come up to me after I speak and they'll go, I've never heard any of this in my church. I've never heard anyone explain how the sin nature works and and exactly explain why I'm experiencing the struggle that I have within me. They just tell me to go do right. They tell me to repent. They tell me to stop doing certain things. They make me feel guilty. They make me walk an aisle where I can pray or something. But there's there have been no magic formulas that have cured me of this struggle that I have within. And I say, exactly. But the Bible tells us how to overcome that struggle. But in order to overcome it, we first have to understand how the zombie works, how the sin nature works. Because if we don't know how it works, guess what? You're not going to recognize it when it's working in you. If you don't know how a con artist, artist works, you're not going to spot one. And so we have to know exactly how that old zombie within us works so we can recognize its, its presence and its power. Now, some people want to just deny that this thing exists good luck with that that's also a deception now we need to be able to understand the dark reality of the zombie within not to ignore its long-standing reign in our life and the root system that it has deep beneath the surface of who we are you dig up one root another one appears we're going to uncover this whole root system for you so that you can end this frustrating cycle of failure, guilt, confession, repentance, trying harder. Man, we're good at trying harder as Christians. We think that's the key to the Christian life. I'll just commit more. No, no, no. It's not about that. I'm going to show you how to overcome the failure, the guilt, and to go beyond just living in defeat because you are not meant to be a loser, spiritually speaking. You are not meant to live in defeat. You are meant to conquer. In fact, Romans 8 tells us that we are more than conquerors. How do you become more than a conqueror? If you're a conqueror, you win it all, right? Not according to the Bible. God says you can be more than a conqueror. So the question is, is that what you want? 
I mean, is that what you really desire in your life to be more than a conqueror? You understand the sin nature, how it works. The Bible's going to tell us how we can overcome it. That's vintage truth that blows away our minds. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.